gentlemen, you wanted the best, you got the best. In strong language and adult content, the hottest podcast in the world, Slowly We Rock. Hey, hey, welcome to Slowly We Rock, Metal's funnest and dumbest podcast. How's everyone doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome. Pretty yeah. good. Saturday morning, had some pastries. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, I'm Jim. I'm Dan. I'm Lewis. This is like a really sophisticated morning for us, actually. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Coffee, pastries. But usually when mm. we do this podcast, we're probably about three beers deep, maybe four, just yeah. to kind of get us in the mood. But mm. we're record- say we're recording in the morning, we're recording at like students' morning. It's about 20 to 1 in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, unemployed morning. Um, but yeah, we, we had like a cup of tea, coffee, some pastries, you know, mm. like a nice continental start to the podcast. I feel very continental. Now, uh, do you feel continental? Uh, yes, I do. Very. Always. <laughs> yeah, it's right, because as, as, uh, as soon as the sun goes in and hides, we decide to get real continental. Yep. As soon as it starts raining again. <laughs> yeah. Really committed to it. Um, how's everyone doing? We all good? Yeah. I'm good. I've got nothing of interest to say and i want to hear about this man's that's true yeah, yeah. Week. let's get to the chase now what the fuck have you been doing i went to see uh, a little indie band called iron maiden and it was the absolute best amazing uh, i've seen them four times now this is the fourth time uh, brag yeah that's pretty impressive it's ridiculous isn't it yeah. I, I think about how lucky i am there's good metrics i know yeah. um and uh, this is i think my favorite one i've seen of their shows um cool Awesome. I first saw them like 15 years ago. So in the same arena, I think, or nearby. It was at the NEC. Okay. Yeah. This was at the Genting Arena in Birmingham. It's, it's the same one. It's the same yeah. one. So I wasn't yeah. sure because they have so many it buildings was, out there It now. was NEC, then LG, and now it's Genting, Genting. Uh, I thought place. it might have been yeah. the sponsor is, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, Killswitch Engage supported. Um, <sighs> I, I, wish, had, I was so up. jealous. I hadn't <laughs> seen them since um, Jesse came back. I saw them once with Howard. And they're brilliant. They're like a different band with Jesse, I thought. Yeah. Like, a lot more energy. That's really um, awesome. awesome. They feel more like a unit, don't they? Yeah. Because we saw them so. on their like comeback tour for um, Disarm the Descent. Yeah. Never thought we'd, I'd see Killswitch with Jesse. It was my favourite lineup always. Definitely. It's um, a totally different beast, isn't it? Yeah, it's excellent. They, the set list was amazing that they did as well. Yeah. They ended on Holy Diver as well. How did they, how did they go down? Because I feel like no matter how good a support band you are, when you're supporting a huge act like Maiden, Metallica, yeah. Guns N' Roses, Slayer, anything like yeah. that. Like people are always there for the main event, and I always yeah. feel like, yeah. But how did they? How did they go down? I think they went down really well. I was in a seated area, so I think Ooh. a lot of people around me were waiting for Maiden. I would say, but it mm-hmm. were definitely me and a few others, and we're like getting into it. But you could see down in the crowd, people were really cool going for mm. it and responding to like when they started my last serenades. Everyone in the crowd went nuts. Jesse commented on that as well. Saying, oh, you know this one, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because I think there's like... That's probably their biggest known song or their breakthrough song, isn't it? Because I think there's a misconception, especially with like Iron Maiden, like that people like to stereotype it's just a bunch of old rockers who are into them and mm. it couldn't be further from the case nope. like it's there's so many yeah. kids there they seem to like attract younger and younger audiences every time yeah. they go around yeah. the fact that they've got like kill switch who aren't a new band they've been around for it you know for ages now yeah but the fact you know there's going to be a younger audience who are going to be completely familiar with them who've grown up with them who are just getting into them as well yeah i mean before the show even started we were sort of sat outside the arena and had a drink 
And obviously when you go to see a band, you're going to see a lot of their t-shirts. <laughs> but I think with Iron Maiden, it's the most I've ever seen of one band's t-shirts at their own gig. Yeah. Yeah. Like constantly yeah. through. Uh, I was saying to Jim and Lewis that when I was queuing up for a beer, there was a guy on the phone looking for his mate and the only thing he could do to help him was go, yeah, I'm, I'm wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Along with 15,000 other people. Yeah. And there was a guy sat behind us when we were outside having a beer that had a whole sleeve of Eddie's tattoos and it oh, looked incredible. Cool. cool. Like, we just started chatting to him about how awesome his tattoos were. Amazing. He got, um, yeah, he got like no press for dying. Yeah. <laughs> X Factor. Uh, he, he did have the, he had the early Eddie, like the punk looking Eddie from the yeah. first yeah album, yep. or it might have been a killer's one i can't remember which one he had but killer's one is the best we had the first album but the cgi version yeah, <laughs> yeah. jesus um but yeah kill switch regret and then maiden were just incredible they did it was basically a greatest hits tour really mm. but um, with some, they had some like deep yeah, cuts I, I as well just, yeah like, they were playing blaze i had a look at the set list and they were playing like blaze bailey or stuff which is not yeah they did clansman and they did oh, so cool. uh sign of a cross yep yeah uh it's my shock, some people, I don't know, but Sign of Cross was the highlight of the whole show. Cool. For me. It was That's awesome. Incredible. Like, the song's great anyway. It suits Bruce's voice yeah. a lot yeah. more. Um, but basically, they changed the stage and they changed costume. Well, Bruce did for every single song, pretty much. Really? Yeah. I don't know how he did it. The logistics must have been mind-boggling. <laughs> and he even... I've got some notes, which I'll go for in a minute, because he said some stuff. But <laughs> he even said early on, like, they did... Um, they opened up with Churchill's speech and Aces High and they oh, had a replica cool. Spitfire on stage moving around but it's only nine tenths I know I, yeah. <laughs> I looked, I looked should I get my money back it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't like an apology it no. was but it was like listen guys you have to empathise with us <laughs> Um, like, of course, Bruce, Bruce. Like I really wanted it to be a full size Spitfire. It's just like trying to get it across Europe. It's of course, really Bruce tricky. Dickinson would put out a press statement saying <laughs> saying why a fucking Spitfire I know. <laughs> had like, to be slightly smaller. What I need oh, to know was who was the person who was going to multiple shows and like <laughs> measuring, it measure, yeah, work this out. Like, yeah. Okay, if I if I can get five more tickets, get someone in each section of the arena, <laughs> yeah. and get as many photographs as we can, we can maybe get three D model of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so we did a couple of songs and then Bruce spoke to the audience and then he was like usually I would talk a lot during the set but this time I won't be doing so much talking to the audience because we're doing a lot more storytelling with our songs cool um, which is awesome and I think that's why we had so many he had so many costume cool changes mm-hmm. um, so I did make some notes which I'll go through briefly because yep. they're quite amusing and like, just nice because before this tour uh, started they were like they tour all the time right yeah yeah, you, yeah. Really, for, for, you think I think of Made in a Way as like winding down, but they tour every year. Yeah, and they alternate between you know current albums and like their greatest hit sets. Yep. So everyone's going to see what yeah. they want at some point. Um, but this tour feels like they were really pushing it in a way which they haven't even for like new album tours and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they're like this is the one you want to go to. Like this is going to be the yeah. ultimate Maiden show. They it felt like they were going for broke with it. It's the kind of it's not happening. We're never talking about it because no. they're never breaking up. No, Maiden, no, 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 they can't. No, but they, no. they they were almost pushing it like, hey, this is going to be this is the one you have to go and see. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. and because uh, originally we were going to go to the Book of Souls tour last year, and then we couldn't go to that one. Um, but my mum geniusly bought the insurance you get offered. Oh, who's ever done that before? Which, I, know, yeah, so I do, I do yeah, it all the time now because about one incident because yeah. it is only like a quid or whatever. And it's, oh my god! But anyway, she did that, so we got all the money back. And then for Christmas this year, got us tickets again. But Amazing. This was probably, because it was my little brother's first sort of big gig, uh, the better one to go to over two. 
I think oh, yeah. Booker Souls would have been incredible as well. But like, mm. I I went to that. We got um we got VIP. Oh, I remember stuff. Yeah, very um, jealous when you oh, had that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and obviously uh, that would have been amazing as well. It um, was great. We I'll be completely honest. Yeah. We'd had we'd been drinking quite a lot in the day. No. I'd say it's maybe the least I remember an Iron Maiden drink. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, but it was it was amazing. And they had like uh, upstairs in the VIP area was just like trooper on tap. Perfect. Mm. So we we were pretty loaded. Well, yeah, they they want you to be if they're going to be offering that. So. Apparently, on the way back, um, I was talking to some like old guy in a suit that happened to be on the train uh, mm. that I was sat next to, and just constantly being like, "So we just went to see Iron Maiden," <laughs> and he was just doing his best to ignore it. Do you are you not into that? <laughs> and then like three minutes later, we'd be like, "So we just went to see oh, Iron no. Maiden." You're a nightmare. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, um, sorry, James, sorry, Dean. <laughs> hard to believe they're all in their sixties. Uh, it was Bruce's sixtieth yeah. birthday. That's oh, of on, course. on this day of the show. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Again, I've got notes about that, but they got no signs of slowing down at all. Like it's bananas. Good, especially Bruce. Like he runs around like a madman. He fights people on stage. Like he does, like on purpose. I think it was something like the equivalent of like uh, like a half marathon or something every gig. Yeah, That's but insane. it doesn't affect his singing voice when he's running around no. either. No, not he's, at all. His cardio must be off the charts. I, yeah, yeah, he's a pro. He's yeah. an absolute pro. Um, so they did war theme songs to start with. So yeah, as like I said, they did Aces High, which is cool, great, the coolest. Yeah. And then they did <laughs> they did Where Eagles Dare. Which is one of my favourite oh, songs of all time. I think I I've, clocked onto I've it. I've got the set list here. Actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I clocked onto it slightly quicker than everyone around me, I think. <laughs> because they came back on, or rather the, the lights came back up. And I noticed immediately that the background was like a, a, a blown up um, cable car. Nice. And then I just heard the first drum, like the dum the dum And I went, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> to the point where people looked around at me. And then the rest of the song kicked in. <laughs> it, but I love that one so much. And he had winter gear on at that point. He had sort of like winter commando. Sort oh, of coat so on. cool. Uh, then he did... I feel like we need to get in touch with Bruce. I feel he's got like a flair for theatricality that yeah. we could apply I, to... I know. Um, what, costumes? Costumes, yeah. On the yeah. podcast. Like, we, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we could, I think we could bring him in on like a project we've been working on with uh, the music of Guns N' Roses. I think he'd be a good influence on that. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then I think it might have been during Ray Eagles Day he did the Scream for Me Birmingham. So he did quite early on. Yep, in nice. Uh, then he did Two Minutes to Midnight and then between that and The Klansman he gave a little... That's when he sort of spoke to the audience and he said about the replica Spitfire. I apologise. <laughs> uh, well, no, but he just said about the Spitfire behind um, me. He started saying... Full refunds will be available. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, people started singing a happy birthday so we acknowledge that. But he said, he, hang on, no, I've got something to say. Look, I want to address the elephant yeah. in the room. <laughs> but the thing he was saying... I can't do this anymore. I just felt like a, I felt like a fraud, okay? This well, no. is what, not what this band's about. When I came back in 99, I said, we're going to do this properly. <laughs> but it, it was Full nearly, scale fighters. <laughs> It was nearly as absurd because what happens, we give a, a little talk about how obviously uh, he's turning 60, but a lot of the people who flew the Spitfires were about a third of his age and like a lot of them didn't yeah. make it back, fighting the Nazis and, you know, and then he, he, he segued back into um, the Klansman, talking about how obviously cool. William Wallace gave up his life for freedom, etc. Yep. Mm. Really good speech, really like quite, oh yeah, you know, uh, enjoyed a good time, etc. Uh, but when he started, so it's quite a solemn speech, I guess, yep. for Bruce. But then when he started the Klansman, someone had put a birthday cake, cat, cake hat on his head. <laughs> so for the first verse or so, he was wearing a birthday cake on his head uh, while singing uh, the Klansman, uh, which is amazing. He had a sword drawing that. 
William Wallace <laughs> died for freedom to wear a birthday cake. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, That's why, funny. you know, Braveheart's historically inaccurate because it cuts out the birthday <laughs> yeah. cake that William Wallace wore on his head. Good point, During actually. that final Bruce battle. Bruce is finally, uh, you know, fake I hate it fake when history. studios interfere. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> my note just say, birthday cake hat while talking about young death and freedom. <laughs> uh, and he had a sword during the Klansman, which is cool, so he's waving that around. He kept that for the trooper because he then had a sword fight with Eddie. Amazing. Uh, and when he quoted Get Carter... Yeah. A line from Get Carter at Eddie, which just went, uh, oh, you're a big man, but you're out of shape. Me, it's a full-time job. <laughs> and it ended with him shooting Eddie uh, using the sort of flag as like a rifle and it sort of went off like pyrotechnics. So they killed Eddie quite quickly. It is the most British thing I've ever but seen in comes, my life. He comes I think. back a few times, right, during the set. Yeah, yeah, he gets bigger as well. So yeah. he, yeah, but uh, um, it was the most British thing, him quoting Get Carter while fighting a zombie, you know, British trooper from the 1800s. <laughs> um, when Wicker Man started, he screamed, come on, you pagans, to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. So he was, yeah, he, that's only because he was in Birmingham, like any other town. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, as I said, Sign of the Cross was amazing because at that point, um, the stage transformed into a massive cathedral dedicated to Eddie, I guess, because it was all sort of cathedral stages uh, and stained like, glass. Like the um, that was the press stuff. Images. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they had like fake chandeliers with candles on them hanging from the ceiling. Cool. And, and they, they kept they, this. They kept that step. They they have to have done it. It's such an impressive, and they did it all over Europe as well. So, yeah. um, and then they used that set for a few things, but changed the lighting a lot. But during Sign of a Cross, he had like sort of a hooded robe on, like a monk. Yep. But he actually had a big crucifix that lit up, and he could carry around the stage while singing. And every time he did the chorus, jets of flame shot up in the background, like when he sings Fire in the Sky. Cool. Um, so that was incredible. And that's, only, that's still quite early on in the show as well. Yeah, probably well, about half. Halfway yeah. through. Halfway through, yeah. Um, during Flight of Icarus, a fucking huge... Oh, swore. But <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, my mum doesn't listen anymore. No, but I, <laughs> I only say that. I don't know why that was my reflex, because that's normally what I say if I'm on the phone to my mum and I swear. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. A uh, massive, massive model of Icarus came out behind them. Like, I don't know where they hid it. It was huge. <laughs> and then Bruce had, he was singing Flight of Icarus while holding Flamethrower and just flaming yeah. underneath the wings like a maniac. Still feel the band don't know what the Flight of Icarus story is no. about. <laughs> no. But Their was... interpretation is just so different to the actual story. Um, we got a new Bruce character I noticed during Fear of the Dark. Oh. Which I would describe as Bloodborne Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> where okay. so the staging was quite simple for Fear of the Dark it was like the background and then it was like they did the spotlight so that everyone's silhouettes were showing on the background as they were playing cool. which is cool but Bruce came out he had a top hat on um, he was carrying a lantern and he had like a cloak on but he also had like a plague doctor's mask oh amazing sort of eyepiece like a long nose and stuff yeah. those always look so cool they look amazing and obviously Fear of the Dark is quite a creepy song yeah. by its nature and the plague masks are like a really unsettling yep. yeah so he's just something he's yeah and he was holding a lantern uh, and he looked like someone out of bloodborne the video game and cool. it was Sweet. really good uh during iron maiden uh which i think uh they ended the main set on with iron maiden yep. he screamed at the audience come on let's go fucking bullshit nuts which was great <laughs> like he was really up for it better be on a t-shirt on the next show <laughs> um we then uh nico led everyone in singing him happy birthday oh. and then they had a bit of pantomime banter between the two of them when Nico get going, he's behind you. <laughs> and they're going, oh no, he isn't. And they're like, what are you talking about? Uh, again, incredibly British. 70 quid a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and then when, when they were singing Bruce's... Uh, it's like some granddads <laughs> do some jokes. When they were singing, when Bruce went about turning 60, he went, yeah, well, I'm still the baby of the band, right, guys? <laughs> like looking at them. Um, then Bruce galloped like 
a horse during uh, um, Run to the Hills. You know, like when a child's pretending to be on a horse. Yeah. He was doing that around the stage. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Just an excuse for him to um, be like a big kid. It's like yeah. the best job in the world. Isn't I think it? during Iron Maiden, it might have been, they had another massive Eddie come out, like a huge one. Yeah, well, they, they always, they always have it. I can't remember which yeah, one. Yeah, dur- during Iron Maiden. During Iron Maiden, they have an Eddie come out because they usually comes out and then he points yeah. at all of the audience uh, yeah the head was and moving around with different themes depending glowing on, eyes yeah. and it, again I don't know because when we saw them in France it was the seventh sunset so he came yes. out as like oh. a weird like shaman type character we got to see him do Moonchild which I still can't believe I've yeah. seen him yeah um, and then at the end I, I kind of miss what they were saying because this is like when they were playing um, always look on the bright side of life yeah. I don't know whether someone was trying to get Bruce's trousers off him as a prank or something he's wearing, <laughs> right. I should say he's wearing, like, he's wearing tight leather trousers throughout this whole set Mm. Good man. Uh, but then he started going, you're not going to get these off, they're sprayed on. <laughs> and then he went, then he went, they're religious trousers. <laughs> no idea what that means. And that's the last bit I uh, have notes on. Uh, uh, Lewis, I'm just going to read, read you a quick uh, Wikipedia fact. Oh, yes, please. Uh, from this tour, which you'll like. Okay. Uh, Adrian Smith played his guitar solo in Revelations on the opening night of the tour for the first time since the World Slavery Tour. Oh. Uh, Yannick Gears has actually played this part since he joined... Uh, back again in 99. Oh, I didn't know. Because cool. I know we saw them do Revelation to um, Hellfest. Yeah, but Yannick Gears yeah. played that. So yeah, it looks like Adrian Smith's taking that one back over. Probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Revelations was great. Um, it's, it's such an incredible stupidly good was, set list. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Exactly. Like, they picked the two best songs off of um, the Blaze Bailey. Yeah. And how albums, often do they play? Uh, Future Real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good Lord. Um, and then, yeah, they, but also the other thing I would say is, A, they're all in their 60s. Hmm. Um, yeah. This is the third to last show they're doing on the European tour that's gone on since like May, I think. Yeah. It's been a long one, yeah. You would never tell. This could be like their first night. Yeah. It's, they don't seem to be phoning it in. They don't seem to, like, they I, just I, have such a, I mean, I think, A, part of it, they've probably got a really good work ethic, but they all oh, seem yeah. to just, they seem to genuinely love the experience of playing for everybody and getting the feedback from the crowd. And It feels like, you know, yeah, with age comes maturity. Like, there was always the tension in Maiden was always Steve and Bruce. Yeah. Like, yeah. the two creative leads butting heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with time and a bit of Asian wisdom, they've just they worked out what I've, works for them. Yeah. I think with literally as soon as Bruce came back, they, they just pulled it like back and they've been unstoppable since yeah. then. There's been no cracks in the band. Yeah. Like, it's phenomenal. The, the only, say, the only falter for me is um, the Final Frontier album. Like, that one's just. Yeah. Not brilliant, but it's not terrible. Yeah. It's just fine. Like, the it? way I always look at it is bands who've been going that long, the fact that they're even still putting out music, to yeah. me, is incredible. So, if- like, like we said before with um, Machine Head's potentially bad album, oh, well, at I'm, least yeah, it, around on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would, yeah. but it, it, it keeps bands that we love touring. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was a perfect gig. Okay. Two questions. Yep. One, did Steve Harris at any point in the show? Uh, put his um, <laughs> leg up on the uh, like the sound. What they no, call the riser? The riser. Hold his bass like a gun. No. And, what? He he just stood still the whole time. <laughs> oh, wow. really weird. He, he just stared at yeah, one he, he person in, in the like, audience. <laughs> he was in um. In your spinal tap when the bass player gets trapped in a pod. He was in, he was in one of those pods. It was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. But no, of course he did. Of course awesome. he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, have you guys seen, uh, I think the footage of it has just come up, but 
Kill Switch doing um, End of Heartache with Howard. No, no. I haven't seen the video yet. Yeah. I know Jesse yeah. said they're going to put it up. But, so, um, um, yeah, because I think he was, he's touring with Jamie Jaster at the moment. He's got his own solo band or something like that. Yeah. And uh, Who's Jamie Jaster? From Hatebreed. Oh right, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Some MTV stuff as well, didn't he? Yeah, he, he okay. used to host uh, cool. Headbangers Ball. That was it, yeah. yeah. I know. He was, he, he's yes. good, but he's not Ricky Ratman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who of us are? Yeah, that's true. Really. Yeah, um, but yeah, he joined them in London uh, to do um, End of Heartache, and they're like, "If you, sorry guys, you missed it, but actually he's coming back again to do it with them." Yeah, which cool. just looked awesome. Yeah, and it's really cool that they're in a position where that's yeah, I mean, it can happen. There's no yeah, like, yeah, exactly bad blood. It's just. Maybe cool they moment. were making a statement to Maiden. They're like, hey, <laughs> get, get Paul back in. <laughs> Lays back in. Come on. Can you imagine? Yeah. But also, they all seem to. I've been following Jesse Leach on Instagram. He's a really Love good him. follow. Uh, yeah. Really positive force. Did you see his post today about him and yeah. how it? Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Um, recommend, recommend checking it out. Mm. They seem to have had, as a band, seem to have had such an amazing time touring with Maiden. And like, it doesn't sound like Maiden yeah. have been divas or anything. or Not what you would expect well, then, them to be, but. When they got there, um, there was that like bucket of champagne and a butt ton of trooper yeah. beers for them and like a note for them and stuff and yeah which, it's just, which is the uh, coolest yes yeah, it's amazing yeah, isn't it yeah because that's like it's how it should be that's like Joel's favourite band we really should why <laughs> didn't you think about it yeah. <laughs> damn it <laughs> oh man I'm glad you had such a good time oh it was dude. the best it was uh, yeah a long time coming so and now I've seen them four times now which I didn't really think about until afterwards and that's just nuts I think I've seen nearly every single song I could want them to do between cool I saw them on the Dance of Death tour, so that was just my first time. Yep. When I saw them at Reading 2005, where they were just doing songs off the first four albums. Oh, it was the early mm. days of tour. So I saw them do like yeah. uh, Phantom of the Opera and stuff like that. And Too cool. Yeah. And then Hellfest, which was the Made in England sort of tour. So they did a lot of Seventh Son, but they also did Phantom of the Opera there. No, as it well. was. Because um, yeah, they did it on the Made in England tour originally. It was, yeah. no, it, was, it, was it was seventh tour of a seventh tour. Was it seventh tour? Yeah. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was amazing again, because again, I saw Moonchild, which is one of my favourites, but I'd never expect to see it. Like, Moonchild yeah. and Rathchild. All the, yeah, all the, all children, the kids. Yeah. All the kids. <laughs> children of, I've seen them do Children of the Damned, I think, as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the only song might be like something like Alexander the Great, but they don't do that one. Oh, I like Alexander the Great. It's all right. I it's really pretty, like it. It's though. pretty great. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, <laughs> I... I don't know if I, I really like that. the solos in it and the yeah, anyway it, we should save this for the other I think we may be going over retread ground somehow <laughs> yes you guys yeah. don't know this but we do so. yeah yes. cool anyway okay. Maiden are the best listen to them um, up and coming <laughs> show <laughs> yeah. your support predicting yeah, big things throw them a dime they really need it <laughs> yeah. also what is up with Facebook at the minute I'm getting like inundated with inundated <laughs> hang on that's no, not the word inundated with inundated uh, <laughs> Christ Lewis in- Christown Blank. <laughs> uh, forget about it. No, no, that's all right. Yeah, no, we're being inundated with? I'm getting inundated. There you go. Uh, thanks, Mike. With fake maiden t-shirt adverts. By every single t-shirt. And they're, really? And they're all absolutely horrible. Um, and for some reason, I feel this, this kind of duty to point out every single person that's tagging someone like, oh, look at this great maiden t-shirt. It yeah. definitely doesn't exist. I, I feel the duty to tell every single one is like if you actually support them you'd buy the official <laughs> <laughs> There's a, there were some bootleggers outside uh, the arena yep. on the way out some of them didn't even have the logo straight on the hat and, <laughs> and one guy because obviously they, they normally they remind me of like um, market salesmen who are like you know, yes. buy your t-shirts get your t-shirts here yeah. I made a t-shirt card card <laughs> yes card in town <laughs> 10 quid um, but there was one guy I, I guess his heart wasn't in it he was going 
Buying selling t-shirts. <laughs> want a t-shirt? Like barely, you could barely hear him. Like I was like, you want to get a new career, mate? Yeah, you pick a pick a different criminal enterprise to uh, engage in. Uh, I feel like I don't see bootleggers outside of gigs very often. Now. Maiden's like one of the only times I've seen it. Yeah. It's usually the bigger acts. Yeah, like, I think yeah. after we saw Machine Head, there might have been someone selling Machine Head posters outside. Yeah, which is a weird. That's really weird. I guess yeah. it's cheaper to bootleg a poster. Yeah, than I it bought is a, a t-shirt. T-shirt. Yeah. when I saw Dance of Death. I made an, I bought a massive, massive poster outside for like two quid. Yeah, it was, and it was good quality. So I think that's probably what it is. With it's the How much do they make about like, like t-shirts and stuff? I just think you're not getting they, your money because they, yeah. they must have to follow the band on tour to every date to sell that stuff, right? Because like you're not just making a whole load of t-shirts which you can just. Sell. They got a network. Yeah. Uh, across the country. <laughs> well, I feel like it must be something like that. Because yeah. for the cost of like staying in accommodation and everything, yeah. now they probably live in like in a van. Oh, okay, Actually. yeah, makes yeah, sense. no, yeah. maybe they Probably do. Maybe they do. Follow I never it. want yeah. to go to a ticket out convention. Can you imagine? There was a ticket house outside this one as well. <laughs> ticket um, out convention. They were saying about how you had to have strict ID. Yeah, uh, but they never checked anything when we. Because no. the the London show, the O2, uh, was paperless. Mm. So uh, all you needed to get in was the card that you'd bought your ticket with. That's what I did for yeah. Pearl Jam. I cool. had it on my phone. And yeah, yeah. And you just beep and. That's the sound of it. Because we're expecting... Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're getting... Which I think is a good idea. Again, it's another thing which can just try and stop... They were meant to do that for all the other ones because there's, there's like animated adverts on the Iron Maiden tw- uh, Instagram and um, they even said before you have to have the card of the person who bought the ticket yep. and photo ID as well. Yeah. So, I think it's good because ticket touts... But they didn't like, look at any of that when we went in. So. I, 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 Go and stuff like that. I, th- I think it sucks but it's had to come to that. Yes, it does, yeah. But I yeah. think it's good that they're trying to find a way around it. Well, Beagogo um, is particularly disgusting because most of those are owned by ticket companies. Yeah. And I'm fairly sure they put a portion oh, of immediately. the tickets immediately on there. When I bought my Pearl Jam ticket, um, it was about 80 quid, which is a lot of money, yeah. but I'd never seen them before. So, And minutes later, I looked on Beagogo out of morbid curiosity and... <laughs> I mean, my one was a seating ticket. It was a good one, but it wasn't standing, and it was going for three times that price already. It's disgusting. Yep. When I uh, looked, when I got my ticket for Bear Moth and Out the Gates, mm. um, I just the tickets haven't gone on sale yet. But I just gave it a quick Google just to see what time we go on sale. Yeah. First advert that comes or first post on Google mm. is a resale site. Yeah. Above, I had the same thing. above Ticketmaster, yeah, they see tickets who are already taking like a huge cut anyway. They've got the Google Monopoly, yeah. So it's the first, yeah, and it's easy to see how people who aren't used to that world of buying tickets, and, exactly, you know, yeah. yeah it's, like, it. If you're if you're like, hey, I don't go to gigs, I just listen to like what's on radio and Spotify playlists, like and Ed Sheeran's touring, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna search Google Ed Sheeran tickets, oh, they're still on sale because it's the first one, it's official site because he's a huge pop star. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, and you're funny you say that because very different type of act to I made, but my mum really wanted to get tickets for um she saw michael buble was touring okay playing like the o2 london and stuff like that and she actually rang me in the morning because jenny just found out we we're going on sale that morning and obviously it's one of those deals where 9 a.m you have to get a ticket yeah, yeah. So that's it. Mm. but when she googled it because obviously and again she's not familiar with what's the ticket website and what's the resale website because right. why would you know unless you were buying yeah. tickets regularly yeah. so she had to ring me to work out what was what be a go-go was whether that was you know, an actual ticket. It sounds like or... a legit. It doesn't sound like a. No, exactly. Like, yeah. So I just said to her, make sure because I, I actually googled it at the same time. I was like, just Ticketmaster have got them on there. Yep. Use that link. You'll get tickets. And she was also thinking because he ended up getting the tickets she was offered were quite up high at the O2, mm-hmm. and she was thinking of oh maybe I can buy them, 
you know, on the resale website instead. And I said, no, because yeah. you'll end up paying triple yeah. and they'll gouge you. Whereas O2, even if you're high up, it's a good venue for exactly. that. Exactly, so, yeah. It's, it's designed But yeah. I wonder how many people yeah. who don't have someone they can, like obviously my mum just called me and I talked it for her, but like it's probably people out there who get yeah. ripped off by mm. the ticket websites out of ignorance yeah. and not their own fault, yeah. but all the time. It just really annoys me. Yeah, and ultimately like a lot of bands that are into, like they are, they're touring acts you'll see them come yeah, around every yeah, year yeah, if, you exactly. if, you, yeah. if you don't catch them on tour one year you'll see them at festival next year and then mm. on the next album cycle yeah whereas like a lot of big like yeah, legacy pop acts, acts and, and stuff, stuff. Like legacy acts they don't tour that often no yeah absolutely um that said though i'm really excited for that bear market <laughs> yeah it's gonna be amazing <laughs> i can't wait um, i feel like they took inspiration from heaven asunder and discovered what a palindrome was because oh new, really because their new song is called god <laughs> equals dog <laughs> He's not joking. You're joking. No, nope. I didn't know this. It's a really good song. <laughs> the song is called is God. Is it a joke? It's, I watch, the music video is completely serious. The music video is okay. incredible. Okay, like, cool. Like, they've splashed a lot of money on it. They're like... Behemoth Storm is Nurgle. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Right. Yeah. He's the, great. The guy who presented The Voice in Poland. Yeah. And had his yeah. own chain of barbershops. <laughs> I, uh, and then also got taken to court for blasphemy as well. <laughs> I'm not surprised I, though. I feel like that's why they're like the biggest like black metal band whatever you want to call it now uh, because like he's actually someone who is attracting controversy yeah like, yeah yeah like that's such a huge part of that genre uh, such a nice deal. dude though but he's also like a very level headed normal yeah. kind of cool dude well, like because if he's not posting videos or talking about like yeah committing blasphemy and like ripping up the bible on stage <laughs> or like being taken to court by the Polish government for um, apparently like uh, desecrating like the national crest for a t-shirt design he's also <laughs> posting videos himself doing yoga yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know he's great he's absolutely brilliant but because uh, I was looking at buying a uh, behemoth behemoth mm. I never know which one it's meant to be uh, both valid yeah. uh, t-shirt and I found one we'll I mean, we've got really really great uh, imagery mm. like I, I mean, yeah. a whole satanic imagery stuff just awesome anyway Like, but I didn't buy this one because it looked great from the front but on the back it had it was, it was like um, it's basically like a desecration of some bible passage but it was like Hail Mary, full of disgrace. Uh, it was like, it felt like a 14 year old rewriting yeah. parts of the Bible. Like, I was like, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not religious at all, but I really don't want to walk around wearing out on my back. Like, I like, just don't uh, want the. Dog e sorry, God equals dog is the kind of thing I would write on, in my Get notebook on during a uh, RE lesson yeah. uh, back in secondary school. Yeah. Yeah. It's like back next However, to... However, I totally buy into dogs equal gods because like, who doesn't love dogs? Yeah, dogs, but, dogs are gods. Dogs are yeah. great. We all yeah, worship yeah. dogs, so... Although, hang on. No, that would be dogs equal scod. Scod. Yeah. <laughs> who is scod? <laughs> um, yeah, I, but I'm super excited. For, also at the gates as well, so... Yeah. Which I've never yeah. seen, so I'm very me excited neither. for that. So. Yeah, me when neither. is this? Uh, February. February, yeah. Yeah, I'll probably get a ticket. Yeah, do it. Wow. It's in motion. So. Uh, Wolves in the Throne Room also playing, which yeah. I don't really know yeah. them, but... Great, good, great like band name. Atmospheric, uh, black metal. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, really well received. Yeah. 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 Like it, yeah. It's, Emotion's great for gigs Like as well. their, their whole vibe is kind of like, because um, they're from, oh, where are they from? It's somewhere like in like Portland, Oregon, somewhere like that. Oh, okay. Around that kind of area. Uh, and like their kind of the imagery they use is like, you know, that kind of weird American, like, you know, like Salem type. Yeah. 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 It's that kind of vibe. It's like taking the American equivalent of, of Norwegian the Norwegian cool. mythology and stuff like that and like yeah all those horrors and turning it mm. in his head yeah I got put off by them slightly because the front man is really small <laughs> what? what? what in height like, or in height <laughs> yeah like noticeably small like 
I think it's, it's weird. No, no, no noticeably small. Is everyone else like, much bigger than him? Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean in taller. terms of like, he's saying... No, no, they're like, they're what I would call normal height. <laughs> I was watching and I was like, a whole oh. side of you here. Yeah. Yeah. What's normal height? Um, well, about my height, so 6'4". Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming out now. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, they're great. They, all, they, uh, they have loads of insects on stage oh and God. they just drink red wine as well from the bottle. That's it's really fantastic. funny. Yeah. Great. Mm. Re- really good for vocals. <laughs> <laughs> what if you're just rasping? About, yeah. That's what Eddie Vedder was doing during the Pearl Jam gig. Mm. And then they cancelled the next one because his, his voice was already on its way out. Yeah. Um, I was really good though to find out that, uh, you know, Attila, we talked about him on an earlier episode because oh, we covered Shout Out 2. Or oh, call out yeah. Two. Have we discussed Call Out 2? Yeah, we did. We it's, did on the, it's on the lost episode. It's on the lost episode. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So we did, uh, we did one episode um, where basically we kind of did a review of my band's career as that ended and it was a really nice personal career. career. <laughs> yeah, no, Jim just air quoted that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. fair. No, you're uh, listening, uh, Boyd. Yeah. Um, Lewis, James, <laughs> Ali, Jim slagging you off. Right, yeah. Please don't mention my career, though. <laughs> so career. There you go. Don't mind, guys. That stings. It was, it was really... same career. It was a really nice episode. It was, it was great, wasn't it? Was. it? Yeah. It was just really... Accidentally, more air quotes, deleted it. It's just gone. Mm. It's just completely gone, uh, and I was really, <laughs> really annoyed about it. Yeah, it's uh, a shame. that's really annoying. Yeah, because I think we had some some good some good chat, tour yeah. stories, and stupid yeah. crap like Talk that. Like the music video and stuff, and we yeah. also talked about Attila's call out too. Yeah, you guys heard their pizza song yet? No, no. It's weird. I didn't listen to them after call out too. <laughs> uh, just managed to fall. It's up. just them singing about how much they like pizza, and there's a breakdown about how much they hate pineapples on pizzas. Oh god! Yeah. Get over it's, it. I mean, I don't like pineapple pizza, but I, I hate this whole uh, the meme know, of it, ostracizing the memeification of it. Yeah. The thing is, with them, it's almost as if like whatever's trending on Twitter or something, yeah. they're gonna oh, have to try. It's, it's like clinging to yeah. what's popular at the I minute. I think they'll have a new song called Pictures of Cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, or like yeah, Arthur, the cartoon character, clenching his fist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, 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 was, I, guess I can't. Can show- Franziak say the N word? <laughs> wow. um, their whole their show sold out. I thought it might be quite funny to go. It's sold out. Where are they playing? Uh, the Fleece. Um, yeah. But I started looking into them. I actually think that band isn't actually as much a band as it's just a vehicle to promote their clothing line. Yeah, one hundred. I think they. Yeah. I think they have between a couple of them. They have like either a clothing line each, or they're all. He's they all have their own each? clothing line. Yeah, probably. Oh, I mean. He set up something as well. What's his name? Chris Franz. No, it's Franzilla. I mean, I know. Uh, yeah, get it right. Show some respect. I um. I mean, I know that bands usually make most of their money touring off of uh, touring and t-shirts. Yeah, absolutely. T-shirts, and so that makes it. But your own clothing line each. That is pretty. Yeah. Even Maiden haven't done that. Uh, oh, stay, uh, stay sick clothing is uh, what it's called. It's, I think it's the merch line. Oh, is that his? Yeah. Okay. Like, there's a t-shirt they've got on there called uh, money, Papa Fons and it's the front man dressed <laughs> Papa as Papa Fons. John's. It's Papa John. Ooh. Is that, when did this come out? Uh, well, <laughs> pretty, pr- um, pretty recently because it's only available for 72 hours and it's still on the Why site. does it say I stand with Papa John? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just go into yeah. what's the guy we called? Uh, Papa John. Not Papa John. He's like the. Oh, I don't know. He's, yeah, the actual the, Papa John. Let me find it. The guy. Because he said something buck wild in 
a board meeting. Yeah. He basically said, why can't I say the N-word when Colonel, Colonel Sanders, Sanders did? Yeah. Colonel Sanders is the absolute definition of like a plantation yeah. owner. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but he look, yeah, he looks like... Don, I say minus, minus owning a plantation, I guess. I don't know if he looks like Don Johnson in Django Unchained or Don Johnson in Django Unchained looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's like, yeah. Or John Hammond. <laughs> Jurassic Park. What is Papa John's real name? I love uh, light versus dark. John Hammond dressed as a plantation owner and Jeff Goldblum dressed as a John leather Schnatter. daddy. John Schnatter. Yeah. Why didn't we call it Papa Schnatter's? That would have been much better. Mm. Uh, Papa John's founder says resigning over N-word use was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> According to who? Uh, he should have been According to him. Chris Franzia. No, oh, he, no, he's saying it. He's saying it. Oh, was that when he said, but well, he could say it? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> should have been given a seat on the board for life after that. Um, what an asshole I've never had a Papa John's pizza but everyone says actually pretty good takeaway <laughs> it's, I, I really like it yeah I, I love it you can't taste racism that's a line from Clerks 2 <laughs> alright right. rest in power I know Lewis had Papa John's recently because he ordered it through our Slavery Rock Gmail. He did, yeah. <laughs> so I got a notification up saying that your order of like, you know, two yeah. pizzas and a cherry coke <laughs> is on its way. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't eat Papa John's after this racist outburst. I yes. am like, the fact that he's criticising was... those uh, NFL players for kneeling and just like, exercising their rights to freedom of speech and right to protest. I think it was I'm pre... never eating their pizza again. <laughs> Bing! I think it was pre... Well, let's find out, actually. Uh, Papa John's reportedly considering hiring Kanye West as a spokesperson. <laughs> what? 8th of July is the Papa John's one. Yeah. I mean, you've got to separate the art from the artist. We've always said this. Yeah. You are buying to order from there. Uh, so, yeah, no, that. They've got this great thing on their site where if you can't remember your password, mm. um, you can't reuse your email address. You're just pretty much just banned. What? What? So I was like, cool, I'll just log in as a guest. Yeah. Yeah. Use my email address. Like, oh no, we recognize that. That's so weird. You're safe. Cough up. You're we- safe for four days. Oh you, ordered, oh, you ordered it, and then four days later, not saying it's related. But four days later, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look at, look at the signs, you know. There's no such thing as circumstantial evidence. Uh, yeah, butterfly effect. That one order went up the chain of command across the Atlantic, and uh, uh, okay. Well, 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 we also said apparently that the said Mr. Schnatter caused controversy in November 2017 after claiming the outcry surrounding NFL players' decision to kneel during the national anthem was hampering sales growth at Papa John's, an NFL <laughs> sponsor and advertiser. Maybe, maybe Couldn't have happened to a nicer man, really. Yeah, maybe you can make a deal with the XFL. And that According to Bloomberg, in. he said, during a conference call, the NFL has hurt us by not resolving the current debacle to the players and owners' satisfaction. That whole thing's baffling anyway. It's... Absolutely bananas that some pizza guy is calling out on like <laughs> racial tensions <Yeah>. and <laughs> do you know what I mean? The whole the whole thing is twisted anyway. Like he's just meant to be on the box. <laughs> he just he's just on the box holding a pizza. Oh, like you, like a figurehead, like like because that's what Colonel Sanders was. Like yeah. they basically gave him a job for life. It blew just... my mind that that was a real man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I, I saw, you know, there's, I think there's like a KFC advert going on at the minute. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows you know playing him? Old cl- no. At the moment. Oh, no, go on, your one. There's a new advert. Okay. You carry yeah. on. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> That's what everyone listens for. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I saw this dude. I was like, oh, that, there's a guy dressed as Colonel Sanders. Okay. And then it shows older and older clips and it's the same guy. Like, yeah. Oh my God, he's a real man. <laughs> yeah. He's a re- I had no 
idea. He he came up with the recipe, opened up his own stores, sold it, and started to. Then it got franchised, but he got hired on, I think, as like job for life, but figureheads. I assumed this was he living in a car at one point or something like that. Probably. I think he fell on hard times. I, yeah. I assumed that he was like some. I don't know. Maybe somehow he made some chicken or something, but I'm, I thought oh, it was just, like 1900s. Yeah, right. The way he dresses, yeah, like you think, always oh, yeah. a Ronald McDonald type sort of um, fictional mascot type deal. Yeah, let's be the creative department. The that, that's, oh, okay, he's old. He wears yeah. a bow tie. He's, he's a plantation owner. <laughs> Do we give him glasses? Also, he definitely wasn't yeah. a plantation owner. <laughs> He's got deep pockets. The glasses give him vulnerability. <laughs> but, uh, the person playing him now, because they've basically gone through this weird thing of getting comedians to play. We know a lot about fast food, guys. Uh, <laughs> to play versions of him in adverts. Uh, it's now okay. Jason Alexander. Uh, George, from, George, Seinfeld. George from Seinfeld is now playing the Colonel. You can look it up. He's in um, sitcom George style. Costanza. Yeah, yeah he's George in, Costanza. Oh they're using the God. house, weirdly, in the adverts. So basically this it's a chicken is making me thirsty. <laughs> Well, no, George likes his chicken spicy. Oh, George likes his chicken spicy. Um, <laughs> but they're using, the sick, they're using a sitcom thing where Colonel Sanders turns up and makes a family better, but then he's actually just a pain. Um, but they're using the same house as Too Many Cooks. Weirdly. Oh, as sorry. in, you know, the weird Too Many weird. Cooks. Yeah. Too many. Yeah. Oh my God, it's George Costanza as Colonel yeah, Sanders. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because they, they had Billy Zane as Colonel Sanders at one point as well. <laughs> Billy Zane? Yeah, bi- what, they, Star of Zoolander, Billy, Billy Zane. Billy Zane was doing like, <laughs> it was like some sort of like golden nugget oh, type Jesus thing. Jesus Christ, that's horrible. <laughs> what? Um, Billy Zane, he's completely made of gold, yeah. but he's Colonel Sanders. He's arm wrestling not- Colonel Sanders. Well, I've just found every Colonel Sanders actor rated. <laughs> Uh, number 11 uh, number 14 sorry I, don't, I can't read number 14 was Rob Lowe <laughs> of course Rob Lowe is Colonel Sanders then number 13 is a CGI Colonel Sanders so Rob Lowe is worse than a CGI creation <laughs> uh, number 12 was Dolph Ziggler wrestler the yeah, wrestler I that yep he, he came out to the ring and he came out as a really buff Colonel Sanders yeah he super kicked the Miz dressed as, a, as some shitty chicken uh, then it was a value colonel which I don't think is anyone famous it was just who was Vincent Cafarcio, that is, uh, what's his name? The, in Mad Men? Yeah, the one, uh, I forget oh. his name now. Pete. Pete, yeah. Pete from Mad Men. Uh, uh, Pete, yeah. Guys, uh, you're missing <laughs> something, apparently. Thanks for still listening, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, there's a picture that says KFC Zinger, spicy crispy sandwich. And it's Rob Lowe as Colonel Sanders yeah. Yeah. in a spacesuit. So, he played Space Colonel Sanders. Nice. Yeah. Jason Alexander's number nine. And George <laughs> Hamilton played him, apparently. Ray Liotta played him. Far <laughs> 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 back as I can remember, I've always loved fried chicken. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. God, that is messed up. Ray Liotta. Oh no, they've... What, they've, you, what do you mean I'm a tasty bird? The quote on the top of the brain. Yeah, you're, you're a tasty bird. Like, what do you mean I'm t- do, do, do I stimulate your taste buds? <laughs> do I fill you? You're just, you're just a tasty bird. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel, you learned the best two lessons in life. You kept your mouth shut and you kept your chicken hot. Rob Riggle's, yeah. Who yeah. is Rob Riggle? Um, he's just he's, a really... he's the president of the Navy in NTSF, SDSUV. Mm. He's oh, also he's the guy who screams pow in Step Brothers a lot. Yeah, Cal- yes, I Amstel. know him. Like, yeah, the Catalina wine mixer. Then Reba McIntyre did it, a country and western singer. Okay. Which, uh, <laughs> fine, you know. Billy Zane. Billy Zane, number four. 
Norm MacDonald played him. Yeah, I can, amazing. I can get that. Jim Gaffigan. Most of Jim Gaffigan's stand-up is about Hot Pockets and stuff like that, so <laughs> makes sense. And yep. then Daryl Hammond from Saturday Night Live is a number one colonel. Not noted the real colonel at any point yeah, during this. Yeah, uh, I think the colonel. Yeah, yeah. also um, Ric Flair also played the colonel at one point. We've got non-canonical so. bit here as well, sorry. Non-canonical bonus. Hang on, there's a canon. Well, the non-canonical bonus colonel is Randy Quaid, uh, <laughs> who between 98 and 2001 played a hyperkinetic <laughs> animated version of a colonel. Um, yeah, voiced Not- by... Uh, was that was Randy that Quaid. was that before he went insane and yeah, thought before. there was a conspiracy theory? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, I'm sorry. The four best words I've ever heard are non-canonical <laughs> bonus colonel. I think we found our episode title. Yeah, non-canonical really bonus colonel. Can we make a note of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, non-canonical bonus. A- AV Club like writes up as that uh, Colonel Sanders' vengeful spirit claims its latest victim. Jason <laughs> <Alexander>. <laughs> when his comedians are like I think this could potentially be like a horror movie series where it's like a kind of exorcist demon and Colonel Sanders just like instead of Pazuzu it's the Colonel (laughs) oh my god guys I'll tell you what I'll tell you what we should probably bring this back to the world of rock and metal why I was about to say it makes me really sad that maybe David Lee Ross' time to play the Colonel has been and gone oh my no no no, this is the time (laughs) I feel like I would want, like, imagine how good full-on 80s David Lee Roth, like, post-Van Halen, when he yeah. was just, like, nothing to hold him back. Yes, when yep. he was, like, a mess. Yeah. When he's recording yeah. those weird hour-long music videos. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Uh, if he's dressed as a colonel, like, you wouldn't bat an eyelid, be, would you? He would be perfect well, as the colonel. There's, there's an open scene. Do you know how he does all of his sword business? Yeah. He could be slicing and dicing chicken oh like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. See, I feel like David Lee Roth as... Um, okay, so... <laughs> I pitched my advert for 80s David Lee Roth right. as the colonel. Okay, okay yeah. Uh, we cut to uh, cut to a kitchen. Uh, David Lee Roth there as the colonel. Um, he's wearing like the suit, but it's obviously sleeveless. In fact, I think he's just wearing the vest, like a white vest and a bow tie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he's got the hat as well. Yeah. Or and not, or not even a vest, just a collar, bow tie, and cuffs, like yes. a chip and nail. Is he wearing yes. glasses? Would his ego allow him to wear? He's got sunglasses on. Sun- okay, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah As if he's not going to have sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We need to, we need to hide those pupils. <laughs> <laughs> so dilated. So he's in there. He's in the kitchen. He's got some chefs helping. They're obviously like glamorous, like eighties. So 80s babes. glamorous. Yeah, they have to be babes. babes. Yeah, the, hi- yeah. the highest thongs. Thongs that go up over the exactly. hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Precisely. We still kind of have, somehow look like granny panties, but <laughs> yeah. very revealing at the same yeah. time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. big hair, all of that sort of stuff. Um, he's in the kitchen. He's making the KFC. And he's like basically talking about the secret blend of herbs and spices. Yep. And he goes, and there's one more ingredient and I can't tell you what it is. But then the camera cuts and you just see him putting loads and loads of cocaine. <laughs> 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 and he starts just like dipping his uh, dipping the, the chicken into like the herbs and spices in the bread and then he's eating the chicken raw Amazing. he's getting crazier or, and crazier <laughs> making those noises from running with, with yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah or uh, you just see him kind of add something uh, and then grab a bunch of the seasoning just <laughs> <laughs> oh this chicken's good <laughs> pass me a straw <laughs> Your Colombian chicken. It's like the new range from KFC. <laughs> yeah, it's really southern fried. <laughs> the chicken poppers really pop. Central American fried chicken. Oh my god. I, I, yeah. I could see it happening. He would have been perfect for it. I wonder if there is any kind of link to David D. Roth and KFC. I mean, they, they're so good with the makeup now. I mean, 
When you think of Jason Alexander from Seinfeld, you don't think <laughs> the Colonel, even in the slightest. I do. I've always I do now. Always I do now, like immediately now after knowing that. Because yeah. he also did that McDonald's advert back in the day, didn't he? Oh, the McDLT advert. DLT. There you go. By the way, didn't look that up. I knew that off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, By the yeah. way, in case you didn't know, the McDLT, seeing as we're going down this yeah. random uh, tangent, <laughs> yeah. McDLT was a burger that was separated in the box. So you had two halves. Okay. And it kept the cool side with the veg on cool and the hot side. <laughs> With the burgers and stuff hot, so that when you put it together, it was still very fresh and didn't wilt in the box. Or the thing that I'm wondering okay. is like off the top of my head, that was like <laughs> if you remember that. If if you're going to McDonald's, you're hungry and you want food right now. Why yeah. are you saving this burger? If you're saving it so long that you need to keep the veg fresh, then yeah. the burger's gonna go cold. So what, yeah, what's the point? point? I've never had a problem with my vegetables wilting in uh, McDonald's. It's not why you go yeah. to McDonald's. I don't. Is I don't go. I don't really think about the... vegetables if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't go there for the crisp lettuce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole point. It was to keep the cool side cool and the hot side hot. David Lee Roth must have a restaurant. McDLT. I feel like David Lee Roth has probably owned a restaurant at some point. Yeah. Um, he does. It's called Cabo Wabo. No. Yes. What? Hang on. Isn't Cabo Wabo Hagar? That's Hagar's. Sammy Hagar. Yeah. yeah makes sense. Sammy Hagar would also make a good. Actually, Sammy Hagar feels like a legitimate choice for the Colonel. Yeah. Sammy did... Hagar would be a very good. It's got what it takes. Colonel. <laughs> but <laughs> that's all you need to say. <laughs> the only problem is that there's the obvious conflict of interest. Like because obviously he's got his own food chain, and everything like that. Yeah. Cross brand, so, yeah, that would that would make business sense. But I feel yeah. like Sammy That's why Hagar. Paul Newman never played the Colonel because of his uh, Newman <laughs> yeah. sources. I feel like Sammy Hagar has got like maybe a chip on his shoulder from how things ended with Van Halen, and he's just he wants to burn the world down. Like I imagine he's gonna be like pissing in the fries and stuff like that, you know. Uh, there's an amazing. They're still putting out in the advert for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, maybe he's like um, a hamburglar. He's running yeah. around KFC causing all sorts of trouble. <laughs> and David Lee Roth has to come and stop him. Yeah. With his sword. <laughs> it was an extremely graphic commercial run. <laughs> we should never have put it out live. Uh, I just found this, um, this interview with David Lee Roth. Uh, and it says here, da -da -da -da, uh, half bottle of Jamaican rum rests on the mantle, <laughs> and on the far wall is a rack of Japanese katana swords. The real deal, he says, unheathing one. Razor sharp. First time I held one of these swords, I was maybe nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> nine years old. <laughs> uh, and he, he keeps going on, uh, uh, and he says, I just had my sword teacher here from Tokyo. Buddhist monk, about my age. He loves two things about Southern California, the chopped liver and the Jewish del uh, delicatessen on these floors. Mojo Dojo, you ever hold one of these? <laughs> and then passes him a sword. Wow. Um, <laughs> did anyone actually get through to reading any of that David Lee Roth movie script? Uh, I, no, I haven't I, had a chance. I've got it downloaded. I read a, uh, a painful amount. Yeah, it's so, hard to get through, isn't it? So there's it's surfaced that David Lee Roth in the 80s, to coincide with his album and books, uh, Crazy from the Heat, Yeah wrote a it was like a 92 page did he write it or was it written for him no no he he very much wrote screenplay it. by david lee roth yeah I believe it says on there Fucking he yeah it, it comes across that way it's captured his voice it's, perfectly it really has because every single character in it talks like but, david lee roth they're all oh, just <laughs> oh when david lee roth's not on screen they're talking about david lee roth <laughs> yeah, as well yeah. he refers to like he gets every character that i've read it in it so far to refer to him as a stud at least four times. Because <laughs> like, from, what, from what I read of it, it looked like the plot was that David Lee Roth, on the tour, on the road, like, you know, being a big successful rock star, has like a manager who is broke, who is kind of using David Lee Roth as his meal ticket, who's yeah. in a lot of financial debt. 
And I assumed it was basically about him either trying to swindle David Lear off or just keep him on the road to keep touring to keep making money so he could pay off like his gambling debts. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the clearest story, but it, <laughs> it, it basically ends up with him in some like isle, like island of paradise, getting yeah. into some kind of trouble with maybe I feel like some kind of like cartel. Yeah. Or something. But I'm pretty certain. It's a bit like Bula Quo. Quo. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the, it's the, maybe that's yeah. why they repurposed the script, maybe. I don't know. Bula Quo. Oh. Uh. The status quo movie, Bula Quo. Yeah, so for the initiated. Yeah. But we just said that, like, it was for Godfather or something. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows what Bula Quo is. Yeah. Come on, you've all seen uh, Back on. to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, kids. You know, yeah. you know the um, status quo movie. <laughs> So, God, the boat fucking sailed on that by the time that movie came out as well. Oh, my God. Wow. But, um, so, passed away as well. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, before yeah. Rick Parfit of Status Quo fame passed away, they did a movie as well called Boudle Quo, which wasn't it Mark Kermode who said it was so bad that they must have done it for maybe, like, um, tax purposes? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like a tax write-off or something. One of the views, definitely, yeah. And yeah. it's hard to argue when you see it. But the basic plot of it is that they're playing a gig in Ibiza, and they're having at the after party uh, they're a bit bored so they go into this back room where a game of Russian roulette is taking place uh, and they see someone I don't know if they see someone actually die is this a murder don't they they see a murder I don't yeah. remember any of the plot really but, uh, them running no, around no because then they spend the rest of the movie being chased by John Lovitz who's playing oh, yeah. a gangster <laughs> John Lovitz <laughs> <laughs> most inappropriate casting and um, Craig Fairbrass as well oh yeah that uh, is the most appropriate yeah, casting yeah yeah of Cockney gangster movie fame yeah. and uh, Call EastEnders, of, EastEnders well. and Call of Duty games Cliffhanger yeah a Cliffhanger <laughs> oh yeah I used to play for London United yeah real fucking good striker <laughs> London United mm. uh. I can't remember how they managed to resolve it all in the end no I don't know they just sort of fumbled away for it I think that's pretty much it yeah um Amazing stuff. But yeah, I thought we could maybe, so we're coming towards the end now, we could do a game. Oh, okay. nice. Good by idea. a click hole called Is Aerosmith Angry At You? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I did one of this with one of you two off the air the other week. Yeah, I, yes. I it, did it. You did it. I so did I'll it. ask you, Jim, a question. Amazing. And we'll find out whether Aerosmith are angry at Jim. <laughs> I hope not. Question one. Has Steven Tyler yelled at you recently? Yes. He has. Ooh. Okay. Have you thrown a rock or dirt clod at any Aerosmith member recently, including former rhythm guitarist Rick Dufresne? Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. You've, had, you've done a lot of your days off. Yeah. Uh, have you ever called Brad Whitford a no-talent asshat, even once? Wait, which member's Brad Whitford? He is the bass player, isn't he? I feel like I should know that. Uh, yeah. It's just Steven Tyler and Joe Perry show, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, he's, no, he's, no, he's, he's the guitarist. Yeah, yeah. fuck him. He's, <laughs> okay, he's so, also equally as important as Joe Perry because their parts are like the thing that makes... Nah, <laughs> Joe Perry's a cool one. Uh, so so oh, you no. have called him a no-talent asshat. Yeah, Joe Perry's way cooler. <laughs> he just did it then. On yeah. air. Have on you air. ever given notes to any Aerosmith members on songs they wrote over 30 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> um, only how much I like it because I like the old stuff. So that's a yes then. But they were positive notes. No, then for that, I think that balances out. Yeah, I mean, he's notes. he's okay, passing we'll notes. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, sweet emotions, good. Write more songs like this. Has Joe Perry responded to any of the texts you sent him in the past week? I was told it was Joe Perry's number, but he's not responded. Okay, okay. I don't know if that's because I had the wrong number or. Did you pay Steven Tyler about the twenty dollars he lent you on Wednesday? Fuck no, he's rich as hell. <laughs> Did you offer to drive Aerosmith to see Edge of Tomorrow and not pick any of them up? <laughs> I can't drive. There's a possibility so, yeah. that that may happen. Because uh, I didn't see Edge of Tomorrow at the cinema either. There you so, go, man. Well, I'm still going to be upset you stood them up, though. Yeah. 
when you walk well, by... Well, if I had Joe Perry's number... Good point. Well, <laughs> and we'll the find car. out because... Uh, when you walked by Joe Perry in the park last week, did you make eye contact and return his greeting when he said hello to you? Well, I felt awkward because he hadn't texted me back. So, good point, actually. You don't know whether he's sort of being sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, when you arrived at the restaurant uh, where you asked Tom Hamilton to meet you, did he show up or did a waiter hand you a note that said... I didn't come because I hate you. TH. <laughs> Which one happened? I got the note. Uh, the note thing is the answer on here. And finally, do you openly lust after Linda Kramer? Uh, I'm just going to have to quickly Google Linda Kramer again uh, to refresh my memory of who that is. Um, who was Linda Kramer? Well, in well Joe Kramer's wife, wife, I assume. Of course, yeah. Or was it his daughter? Maybe it's his daughter. Maybe that's why he's so angry. I think it's his wife. Um, just good for age. So yes, I give that. But you can hear the lust in his oh, voice. Oh God, there. Jim, calm down. <laughs> this is a family show. Openly lusting like this. <laughs> right, here's the result. We're going to get the results. <laughs> that was a please, that, that was, was a horrible uh, noise. Uh, <laughs> is Aerosmith angry at you? Yikes! <laughs> wow. Aerosmith is furious with you, which is quite a feat uh, because they are well known for being really friendly guys. You were close with Aerosmith and you threw it all away. And for what? Consider moving. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh man, you always oh say like God. never meet your heroes. No, I know well. Never meet them and piss them off. Never, never text them and hope. Yeah. <laughs> it's very surprising that you were this bad to Aerosmith. I know. I know. After yeah. all they've done for you. Yeah, but like when I saw them live... They helped they you move t- into this house. When, when <laughs> I saw them live, they, they took a time out of their set to play a really bad new song called Freedom Fighter, where it was like a Joe Perry like solo folk song, and it was atrocious. And oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And it meant oh. they probably didn't play an old song, which I really liked, so... Or maybe they did it so that everything else was even better by comparison. That's also true. Yes. That was literally the only thing I could think of that wasn't great when we saw them. Yeah. It's if like, you're listening, guys. It's like if you listen to nothing but power ballads, mm. it loses the power because you need, you need the build. Light and shade. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's no darkness without light. Yeah, it wasn't a power ballad, though. So it was like a... Oh, no, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, it's all, if everything's really great then yeah. you kind of need something to offset it to make the good stuff even better. I get it, yeah. This was a right. real sack of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could tell, like, there's 100,000 people in a field were like, what's happening? <laughs> Is it the Dolly Parton quote of, if you want the rainbow, you've got to have the rain, or something like that, I believe? That feels right. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> Wise woman. Well, this... Uh... This didn't go... Because we had an episode yeah, planned. Planned. <laughs> we didn't but, even, uh... like, get started on this one. We'll look forward to that one next week. Yeah, yeah we, we, we really didn't. In two weeks' time. We didn't touch on anything, anything we found. Nope. So yeah, we, we apart made, from the maiden bit. That's we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were going to cover that briefly. We literally sat down and were like, "Hey, here's our schedule for the next eight recordings." Okay, <laughs> these are all these ideas we've got. Let's all work on them so we've got plenty to bring to the table. Yep. And then we started talking about Papa John's and KFC, and this just went down like a dark road. Well, now it's our schedule for the next nine recordings because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Yeah. We've just, we've just uh, made a new one. <laughs> Man, oh, can you can you feel that just? Generating content. Oh, I love it. Oh, God, I really Flowing through me. I also like the KFC as well. I really, I really go for a bucket. Yeah. It's a good yeah. time, isn't it? Yeah, it's always a good time for a bucket. Guys, oh my uh, God. thank you very much for listening. Thanks um, for bearing with. Yeah, thank you for bearing with. That was a weird one. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. Instagram. I don't think we should have pastries again at the start. Or maybe we should. Maybe the sugar. 
The sugar got us going. Helped. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I feel like if we just ate fried chicken instead, like it would kind of bring us down. A little I'd be bit. dozing off by the end. We'd feel groggy. Oh yeah. god, we should do that. Let's. Just, okay, no, better idea. Let's just drink KFC gravy before we start. Yep. Okay. Pipe. Great for the vocals. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Pipe. Yeah. Pipe. yeah. Nice and claggy. <laughs> <laughs> we need something warm to relax the muscles. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the salt in it as well. Apparently, is yeah really beneficial. Well, so. Next time you see Stephen. Tyler. I, I'm avoiding him, to be honest, mate. Actually, actually no, from the sound of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. Well, okay, so uh, next time... Joe Kramer's one you yeah, watch ne- ne- next time I uh, Next time I go to the library. Yeah. <laughs> and you see some glamorous a, old a glamorous lady. glamorous old lady there <laughs> is actually Steven Tyler in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. Not even in disguise, it's in his casual gear. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think looks like a more glamorous granny, Steven Tyler or David Coverdale? David Coverdale. In terms do you of reckon? Glam- I don't think... Steven Tyler's glamorous... As Steven Tyler, but I think when he had sort of his librarian look, it's not that glamorous, I don't think. Yeah, I okay, so I would say that... Oh, I don't know, actually. Knitwear is counterproductive to glamour. Oh, what okay. about? Um, definitely Steven Tyler. He has all those wonderful scarves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of scarves, A lot though. of silk scarves. Because, like, they're, oh, they're, they're both kind of, like, stealing their look from Mick Jagger. The thing is, though, Mick Jagger's whole face is just, like, weathered with time. Yeah, he's definitely like, he's not, not someone who's had, granny. like... Yeah, he's not someone who's had, like you know a lot of work done yeah like he's like yes let time wither my face uh whereas like steven tyler on, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's him in beast of burden mode yeah uh, <laughs> let whereas, it weather darling <laughs> <laughs> whereas steven tyler and um david Coverdale, dare i say it might have had some work done as uh, a bold claim you are you are burning bridges today uh, that's what i'm doing yeah <laughs> Stephen Tyler had that weird moustache when we saw him in France. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he had like um, he had like, like the Mick Mars catfish thing at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, a, it was like a Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. It brilliant it was, show, though. It was quite unsettling, so though. The, the yeah. hair did not detract from the, <laughs> yeah. the experience. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you going to go with uh, with Stephen Tyler? I think Stephen Tyler. I think the scarf, the glamorous silk scarf, are what are mm. sort of. Tips that for me. Yeah. And also, also, I the think... The glasses on a chain as well. Which <laughs> <laughs> is definitely a thing. He does wear glasses on a chain quite a lot. Yeah. No, he's the, he's the more glamorous granny. Yeah. And he's, he's probably going to be drinking, like, some very expensive red wine or something. Whereas yeah. you know Dikovs is like a brandy man. Uh, he, he absolutely <laughs> is, yeah. Like, I totally want to saw him live if he got really upset that someone threw a, a, a box of uh, Yorkshire tea on stage. <laughs> he was like, Yorkshire tea? Like, welcome to the whiskey and the panties. <laughs> he was on BBC Breakfast discussing how Yorkshire tea is a massive part of his rider. Well, it should be as well. Yeah, yeah he's, he's yeah. a true Yorkshire man. Yeah. I'm looking at him now. Actually, looking at him now, he looks like he's really happy. He wasn't expecting you to come round today. <laughs> and he's just about to put the kettle on. Yeah, yeah. he really does. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Perfect description of that photo. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Um, yeah. If you like what we heard, uh, what you've heard, uh, we are on Spotify. Give us a subscribe on there. We're on the Podbean Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you like what we do, like, give us a five-star review. Yep. Also, just uh, just to share. Like, it's only a click on, like, Facebook and stuff like that. But, like, it really does make a difference to us. Mm. Um, so, yeah, leave a comment. Uh, anything you want to hear, get in touch. Just any way you can show your support is really appreciated. Yep. Um, Become so, part of our family. Yeah, precisely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You can be one of our glamorous grandchildren <laughs> you can replace Aerosmith in Jim's social uh, social calendar. circle yeah yeah, yeah. Precisely, yeah. 
was meant to go fly fishing with Joe Perry this weekend. Are <laughs> <last night. laughs> oh, you the next Joe Kramer? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time. Ciao. See ya. Bye. Bye.